0: Welcome to the Women Governance Gurus podcast, where we listen to the journeys of women working in the field of corporate governance, their passions, struggles, and commitment to improving how companies and boards function. My name is Liz Dunchy, and my co-host is Courtney Camlet. Hi, everyone. Courtney and I are both passionate about governance, and we want to spotlight some of the amazing women who share that passion. Hear what surprised them over their career and various perspectives from different paths and industries. For this episode, we are talking with Darla Stuckey. Darla is the president and CEO of the Society for Corporate Governance, which is a nonprofit organization that provides corporate secretaries, GCs, and business executives with knowledge, skills, and tools to promote effective corporate governance. Welcome, Darla, and thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me. We're excited to have you here. So, Darla, tell us about your path to becoming president and CEO of the Society for Corporate Governance.
2: Wow. Okay. Um,
1: I feel like every job I ever
2: did was part of my path to becoming the CEO of the society. It's a culmination of many, many things I've done. Um, but I will tell you a funny story. When I, I I went to law school, I ended up in a securities litigation department at a big firm, Walgachal. and one of my first assignments was uh, writing a memo about what was called structural bias in um, special litigation committees. So this was a situation where shareholders would sue boards and um, they had to make a demand that the board would actually um, take on the case uh, under Delaware law. And they would argue that they, they shouldn't have to do that because demand should be excused because the boards were biased and they would not choose to sue themselves or their fellow directors. And, that was my first assignment, and it was funny because some of the arguments that they made at the time were directors wouldn't sue their fellow directors because they were all members of the same law club, and that kind of stuck with me because that that's where i that's where I came into governance, and that was in nineteen eighty eight um, things haven't changed a lot they they have changed, but they somehow haven't changed, and um still some of the same issues and some of the same beliefs about boards linger. Um, So in any event, I started as a securities litigator and stayed there for a while. Then I went to the New York Stock Exchange and uh, became an enforcement attorney, still in a litigation type bent. And I saw a posting for an internal position in the corporate secretary's office. And I read the posting and I said to myself, hmm, traps minutes. Hmm. Well, I've redacted minutes. I know what's not supposed to be in minutes, so I think I can write them. And I sold myself, and I got that job. And then <laughs> eventually, I then became the corporate secretary. And I and I feel like I never was a litigator ever again. I had to give up the practice of law, but it got me, uh, you know, into a governance, a strictly governance role, corporate secretary role at the New York Stock Exchange, and and um, then later to American Express, and and then to the Society, and and. I, the first time I knew that or had an inkling that I might work for the society was when I was on the society board at American Express and we had a board meeting and there were some needs and some issues that I saw. And I thought to myself at that time, I could do this job. I, could, <laughs> I would have fun with this. I would like to be working here. <laughs> and lo and behold, the, the, the stars aligned and David Smith, it was the then, uh, CEO called me about a month later and said, Darla, I thought of you. You know, we need some extra help. Can you come and work for the society? And that was 11 years ago next month. Uh, well, it was actually more than 11 years ago. I actually started 11 years ago in September. So uh, the rest is kind of history. I, I, I do feel passionate, as you two do, about governance and about boards and about the work that corporate secretaries and in-house lawyers of all types do for their senior executives and their boards. And I think they're truly the unsung heroes. So I love, you know, being able to support them and and being in this role. That's kind of the the short answer.
1: (laughs) And your background was great for being able to help professionals and guide them through the governance concerns that, you know, public companies and private companies have as well. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely seen –
2: Boards and I've seen, you know, successful boards and, you know, mostly successful boards, but some boards under pressure. And, uh, you know, when you go through, uh, when you go through turmoil and crisis, which we did at the exchange when I was there, I was actually thinking about this recently, kind of reflecting, but, uh, you know, we had a crisis when I was at the exchange, and I think now about crises that companies go through, and when you lose a CEO and get a new CEO, how difficult it is, and that really does that really does form you, and, and you, you don't ever lose that, and um, so I say to anybody who's going through that now, <laughs> it's difficult, but you never you, you never you never lose it, and you always uh, learn from it, and it's kind of a badge that you wear. And you should wear it with honor, just for getting yourself through it and, and getting to the other side. Um, so I, I feel, I feel again very passionate. I think about people in the world for, partly from my own experiences and having gone through that. We have um, the society was actually uh, I was a member of the society when I was at the exchange. That's when I became a member. Uh, the Tony Haran from J P Morgan called me one day and said, Darla, we need you to be a New York chapter officer and here's what you're going to do. And I, I joined, but when we had our difficulties and we lost Dick Rasso, uh, Carol Ward sent me a care package. So that I was blown away by that. It was late one night. I got this package. I think we were doing a board mailing and it was a bunch of like nice things for relaxation therapy. <laughs> she is just so <laughs> who thoughtful. Is this person? Yes. I didn't even know Carol Ward that well, but I was like, who is this person and why is she sending that? And, and that is one of, if you know Carol, you know that's one of her kind of signature moves. And she's so fabulous. But um, she, is. she did she that is wonderful. And Yeah, yeah. And that is something that I have remembered and tried to do. It's not an actual gift, at least a little email gift to people, like stand firm or don't worry or you'll get through this or whatever. So
0: Wonderful. So has there been anything that surprised you along the
2: way in your career? Um. I guess i was pretty naive early on i guess though i would say one thing that surprised me uh was when i learned that people leak stuff to the press and not only do people leak stuff sort of in a negative way people leak stuff to the press to get special dispensation Mm -hmm. (laughs) so there was a point in time in my career when i found out that someone leaked something to the press and in fact it was from and house you know, <laughs> and I was quite surprised by that because I thought the press was somebody that you, you know, you didn't really talk to or you tried to protect yourself from it. And I learned that that isn't always the case. Uh, I would say I, I, I lost a little bit of my innocence at that point, but uh, not in a negative way. Um, I guess the only other thing that surprises me and continues to surprise me is really how things even though they change they really kind of stay the same and things the same things keep coming around again just in different in different formats or uh you know the same issues but a, a different person and sometimes that's because it's a, a younger generation that has an experience so they try the same thing it may or may not work but you find yourself over time thinking hey i think i've seen this before or didn't we try this before and what was the outcome and you know so that that continues to kind of surprise me that not everyone knows what I know or not everyone knows what everyone else knows about something. It's, it really does depend on your experience.
1: Right. Well, it's a great position to be with the society and to be able to share that knowledge and and teach the learnings.
2: Well, I do I do love teaching and I do hope to, you know, try to keep people out of out of traps or whatever, you know, or just at least let them know how things have been handled in the past and that, that you know, this is not the first time that this has happened. You have to – I think you have to get to a certain age and, and, and kind of maturity and sort of comfort with yourself and uh, that you're okay with that. I do remember when I was young and jo- different jobs I had, every time, every Sunday night, every Sunday night, I would get the stomach ache about either going to work or going I, – I, I talked – I taught freshman composition when I was in grad school, and I was so nervous to stand in front of the people that um, I'll never forget those stomach aches. And then you finally get old enough to where you're like, I think I can do this job now, and I and you don't have the
1: stomach aches on Sunday night.
2: <laughs> that's what I have to tell the young women. That's all I can tell you is that it does get better.
1: Oh, that's great. Yeah, because I know you do speak in front of large crowds fairly often for the <laughs> conferences. Yeah.
2: I'm better now than I used to be, I guess. I guess everybody has a little bit of that. But um, I think it's, it's good to funny. have a
0: little bit of nerves. It kind of keeps you on your toes.
2: Certainly. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. And uh, so.
1: So speaking of keeping you on your toes, how do you keep abreast of the governance environment so that society for corporate governance focuses on relevant and timely issues?
2: Well, this is actually a great question. I mean,
1: I, I have a lot of ways that I that I do that. Um,
2: now that we're in COVID, I would say the sort of simple way is I keep CNBC on. I mean, basically, I need to know the business news to know what our members are dealing with in their businesses. Um, I read the paper. Uh, certainly, I actually do things like, and this is kind of a little secret that I don't think Jake or Jeff know, but I, Jake Amsbury or Jeff uh, Apocalypse being my chair and chair elect. Uh, but I do keep their stocks on my watch list so I can check whatever's going on in any given day. And, and that's sort of just a thing that you do because you want to know what's going on in their lives. if You need to get to them um, or kind of what they're going through. But aside from that, you know, before COVID, I, I realized I do go attend a lot of events and I learn a lot from those events. So, you know, the society does a lot of events and I, do a lot of asking speakers to speak and, and a lot of, you know, kind of educational programming. But I also, I get a lot of those ideas from having attended other events. I also learn a lot whenever I go to Washington. Um, I just sap things up like a sponge. Um, and, and, and also then of course, talking to the members or being with the members, whether it be at chapter meetings or, you know, talking to Randy, who gets, you know, Randy Morrison, who works for us, gets a lot of member questions. So, we uh, talk periodically and um, I know kind of what's on their minds, but I do try to keep it relevant. You know, early on in my tenure, I would say I had just come from boardrooms a in, in public company that being most recently American express. So I kind of knew what was going on, but it's 10 years now since I've been there, 11 years since I've been there. So I I'm not in boardrooms anymore, at least, you know, not public company boardrooms. So it is important for me to try to figure out, you know, what, What members need and what they're struggling with. So aside from talking to them, um, watching news, attending events, you know, that's kind of it. I, I also would say in my position now, given who I am and thankfully at this heading the society, a lot of people send me stuff. You know, people think, oh, the society should know this, or I wonder if Darla knows this. So I'm also lucky in that regard that I will get news. Pretty quickly, you know. I certainly subscribe to SEC feeds and 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 Google Analytics. So If the word corporate governance comes up, I can see that. But there's also stuff that people do send me and and to keep me in the loop, and I really appreciate that. So, um, it's it's become it's become much easier. But I I am a bit of a news junkie, I would say, and um, so I I do you know, at least if I can't read everything, I, I look at the headlines, a lot of different headlines and see if there's something going on that I need to know about. And then I'll kind of file that away and mention it to somebody else. Um, Hey, have you heard about this or what about this? Um, so. I am a
0: news junkie too, Darla.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I figured I think anybody kind of in this sort of reporting, you know, kind of newslettery kind of feel is. And, um, I actually, you know, when David Smith hired me, I actually was hired to do the newsletter. Oh, primarily. interesting. Yeah, yeah. It was a quarterly newsletter, and a fellow was doing it uh, before me, and he hadn't been in a boardroom in a while, and I think the view of the board was that he was he was languishing, and, um, mm. you know, they wanted some kind of newer, fresher talent. So that was my first role. And um, it's funny, Paul Washington was, our, was the chair then, and um, – he, he gave me, you know, he gave me some good advice uh, uh, kind of about what to do. And uh, it was, I enjoyed it, but it was, um, it is a grind. (laughs) Um, I am very, very happy to have Randy Morrison doing ours right now because it's, it's, you know, you can't, you can't be a CEO and do it. Um, there was a time when Ken and I shared the responsibility. Ken Birch was the CEO for a time and, um, we did not have Randy then, and so he and I would would kind of do sections of it and put it together. And um, so it's 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 been an evolving thing, but I'm I'm much happier to have Randy in.
0: Yeah, and especially with today's news cycle, it feels like there's just always um, constantly there are, are always new developments coming through.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and new providers who have different bends on certain governance issues mm-hmm. and constant material being put out for consumption. There's just a lot out there.
0: But you certainly keep busy going to all those events too. I know I see you at so many different meetings and I know you're just out there constantly networking with people and that network is huge. I'm sure.
2: Yeah, that's fun. And I haven't thought about it actually until I sat down to think about your questions. I'm really missing that. I'm missing that a lot right now because because I don't, you know, like there's the Harvard governance program that I go to and they've done it virtually. But still, you, you're not talking to people in the hall. You're mm-hmm. just not. You're not talking to Mobile coffee. So I, I realized actually today that I, we need to get, you know, well, it'll help me. It'll help me with my programming skills as well. And like, what are we going to do? You know, which kind of uh, programs are we going to put on for even in November? I'm thinking, well, I haven't been to anything recently. I haven't talked to people, so I'm going to have to figure out a different way, which is probably just calling people up and chatting, um, which is, a, you know, it, it, it can work. It's just, it's just not as good as, as, you know, kind of the opportunistic, you know, being in a location with somebody and, and chatting with them and saying, what's going on? What's keeping you busy? what are you struggling with or what do you, what do you think about this, that or the other? You know, which is what I always do when I see people when, especially when I see my fellow members, I'm grabbing them and saying, what about this? What about that? You know?
1: um, Well, and and you build relationships that way that you just can't build on a Teams or a Zoom call. It's just not as easy. And then, you know, being able to reach out to them and and bounce ideas off them once you've had the relationship is, is part and parcel to why networking in person is so key.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree.
0: So there appear to be a significant number of women in the corporate governance role um, compared to other corporate roles. And do you see that trend reflected in your membership? And do you see that changing over time?
2: Well, I certainly believe that we're reflective. I mean, we're 50-50. We're 50% women in, in the society. So I, I that that's, like, really great for me. <laughs> I love being equal um, with men, uh, you know, having an equal number of both. I don't know what the stats are in-house or, you know, in the field, but I suspect, like you say, that there are a lot of women. I, I, I don't want to be stereotypical, but, you know, again, the profession, when you think about it and the different kinds of – if you're a lawyer, the different kinds of uh, legal roles you can have, whether you're going to be a litigator or whether you're going to be, you know – you know, just a, a purely corporate corporate type lawyer, and, and you know, do finance, um, or whether you're going to be in house in a more supportive role. Again, without being stereotypical, perhaps the supportive roles lend themselves to women. Maybe women are drawn to those. Um, it's it, maybe that's the case, and maybe that's why we have a lot of women in those roles. But. I, I do remember one of our former chairs said it takes, you know, a strong woman or an humble man to be in, in the corporate secretary, you know, slash chief governance role, officer role because you you do have to you do have to twist some arms, but you have to do it gently and and nicely, and you have to win the hearts and minds to get people to do what you want. Um, there is a lot of power, but it's almost like sort of derivative power or you know, subjugated power in a way. Uh, so people that are fine with those kinds of roles will be drawn to this. People that are, I think, offensive players or, or, or want to score all the points perhaps would not end up being in a role like this. So um, I don't, I don't know that it's changing, but I think it'll continue to be the same. I continue to think that women are very well suited for the role as are many men. It's not, you know, it's not one way or the other, but um I would love to, you know, my personal goal is to, again, elevate the profession and elevate the stature of those in the profession, because I do believe it is so important. And because I am so passionate about the people in the roles, I do think they have a much, uh, a very key role to play and nobody knows who they are, or what they are. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes that's good. And sometimes people <laughs> like it that way. <laughs> Um, because they, they don't want to be contacted, but, um, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. like <laughs> we famously had, a, we had a member years ago, I think she was from GE and she was a corporate secretary at GE and she was tough as nails. I forget her name. I liked her a lot. I did not know her well, but I liked her a lot. And she actually was one of the ones that. I first learned actually opted out of the society emails and opted out of putting her name in the society directory. And I think it's just because GE at the time was so prominent and everybody wanted to know what GE was doing and she was overwhelmed. Hmm. So, yeah. you know, uh, it's, it's funny. So yeah, it can be a blessing and a curse, but um, it's, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great role to be in because you do, you do get to make a difference and, Things are happening at a pretty high level around you. Um, and also, you, you know, you get to be, you get to know a lot about a lot of things, uh, which always, which I always enjoyed. You know, I, I'm always curious. So, you know, you go from a company that does credit cards or whatever. So you learn a little bit about credit cards. You learn a little bit about banking. You know, I was secretary to banks at American Express and learned about banking and, you Go to the NYC to learn about the markets, you know. So, whatever industry you're in, you, you have to know what your business does to be able to function in your role, which I thought was, I think it's really kind of exciting because lawyers don't necessarily, you know, some lawyer roles aren't like that. You know, you, you, you know the law, but you don't necessarily know the business side. So,
0: yeah, that's a good point.
2: It's the strategy aspect of it. Right. Yeah. And as we know, a lot of strategy is. Who's in the room and who's not in the room and who's got the information, who's got what information, um, and how much time do they have to discuss things? Yeah. (laughs) The procedure procedure is very, very important if people don't realize that.
1: Yes, exactly. That's so well said. Darla, this is our last seminal question that we ask all of the interviewees. What do you think women in the corporate governance field can add to the current conversation on the societal role of companies? Um
2: well this is a hard one. Again, I I always feel like I'm I don't know, I feel like I'm being too stereotypical, but I I do think women I do think women as a rule are practical and they're problem solvers and I'm sure many of the women that you've interviewed have said the same thing, but if we are going to improve things, women will have good solutions and they'll work. And if they're listened to and, and tried, they, I think they can make a difference. So I would say, um, you know, again, I think women are, you know, want to do the right thing largely. And I, I just think they're very practical. And I think if you ask them, what do you think about issue X, A, Y, or B, you're going to get a really interesting answer that maybe, you know, men don't think of. This is partly why I think it's so important to have, you know, an equal number of men and women in any kind of room or in any kind of decision-making body. Cause they really, men and women, I still believe really do think differently. They process differently and conclusions that come out of groups that have both kinds of thinkers or types of thinkers um, are better, I think. So, um and i i I know it's kind of i I don't know pop psychology or whatever but um i just i think women will i think women will end up being the good and kind saviors actually um (laughs) in a difficult world i don't know if i'm supposed to say
1: that but that is what i believe
2: (laughs) well thank you for sharing
1: Yes. Thank you. And Darla, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Women Governance Gurus. Please subscribe on whatever platform you use for podcasts and rate us. Thank you again for listening.